Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Remain standing and take your Bibles and turn to the book of Isaiah, or your phones, or to your device. Isaiah chapter 9, a very familiar passage of Scripture, especially at this time of the year. Come on, why don't you wish your neighbor Merry Christmas one more time. Isaiah chapter 9 will be our main text. Find verse 6, if you would, reading from the New King James as I bring you this special Christmas message. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to break open your word, the unfolding word of God. It'll never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass, but your word never will. And I thank you as we look at this ancient text written 700 years prior to Jesus being born in that manger. We stand in awe of your goodness and pray that you would give us living understanding, that you, God, would use these lips of clay and upon all of our hearts, giving us a desire to respond and be transformed. Holy Spirit, come and make yourself real. Holy Spirit, make Jesus real to people. Tonight, those online in Illinois, God in Oklahoma, in Florida, in California, Missouri, God all over the world, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You remember that Christmas hymn, What Child Is This? I, uh, I would attempt to sing it, but it would be a, a, a painful for you and me as well. What child is this? It's one of my favorite Christmas, I'll call it a Christmas hymn. The question, what child is this? And in the, the text that we see, unto us a child is born. What child? That question, what child is this, is the most important question you can ask. And the result of that question will determine whether you have a, a life it's filled with joy and hope and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. How you answer that, a question, that question will affect your life now and in the future, not just in the future, both. You say, well, Pastor Bracken, how, how do you answer that question? Well, there's only one way to answer it, is by reading God's Word. So the answer, what child is this or which son is Isaiah talking about? A child is born a a son is given. The two primary sources that you need to get your answer from are the Old Testament and the New Testament. Come on, somebody say the Old Testament, the Old Testament and the, the New Testament. The Old Testament clearly describes the Messiah, that God would send his son, that God would come, God, Emmanuel, we sang that, Emmanuel means God with us. 
And you can go to the book of Genesis in chapter 3 and see right at the fall of mankind where sin entered the world, God made a way of escape. God made redemption come to pass through what is called the proto-evangelum. I've taught it to you before. It's the first time the gospel's preached. And throughout scripture, in fact, 300, everybody say 300. 300 Old Testament scriptures prophesied that there would come this child, there would come this Messiah, there would come this ruler, there would come this man, fully God, fully man, that would be crucified and take away the sin of the world to all who would believe on him. He would give them the right to become children of God. 300 scriptures. I, I, I uh, read some mathematical figures on what the odds of that were would be. Uh, and I, I, let me see if I can recall one of them. It's, uh, you know that smaller state, Texas? If you took one silver dollar and you put a mark on the silver dollar and you threw it into the state of Texas, which is covered with two feet of silver dollars over the entire state, and you went in and reached out and pulled out the one silver dollar that had your mark on it, those are the odds now, you can go and Google it. You, can do, you don't have to take my word for it. Be a good Berean. The Berean were a group of people that would hear what Paul would preach, the Apostle Paul. Then they go and go, I don't know about that. I don't know. Let me go look. And they go look and find out, whoo, he's telling the truth. You go and Google that. You go and look. I'm going to tell you, you have to have more faith that Jesus didn't come, crucified and rose again and walked the earth for 33 and a half years. You have to have more faith that that didn't happen than it did. The challenge is, is if it really did happen, then that demands something of us, doesn't it? Now, the, what child is this? Isaiah specifically is talking here in Isaiah 9 and in other places. Isaiah is filled with these prophetic promises that have rung like a bell in my ear. Isaiah 9 is a messianic prophetic text. And what's incredible as you look at this text, it's defining who he is. It's defining who God is. These are character, characteristics or character qualities of, of this God that we serve. The, the passage talks about God's eternal plan for mankind. Come on, how many of you know God's got a plan for man? He's got the plan, man. The Messiah is fully man, he's fully God, and this text shows how he will fulfill and meet all our needs. It was a great day when I discovered that the only one, can you turn that light off for me because it'll drive me purely insane. You just backed up on a thank you. I love you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Uh, he meets all our needs. I want you to say that before I was distracted. He meets all our he meets all our needs. Yeah, he meets all our needs. And this text talks about that. And it was a, it was a great day when I discovered that that man can't meet all my needs. There's no perfect counselor. There's no perfect spouse. There's no there's no perfect anything. And that man is made in God's image with a unique missing hole in his heart, if you will. Exactly the shape of Jesus. 
And when you receive him and you grow in him and find out who he is and who you are and you grow in the word of God, then you discover that God will meet all your needs. Come on, say, Jesus meets all my needs. Now, you might not believe that, but we're going to look at this text here. The, the first part right here, Isaiah chapter 6, unto us a child is going, a son is given. And the government will be, a, thank God, the government needs to do something. We need the government. How many of you know the government needs to be on his shoulders? You missed a great place to say amen. Are you getting political? I'm just starting to, yes. Jesus, come on, our government needs Jesus. Our government needs the kingdom of God. The government upon his shoulders speaks of protection and it speaks of justice. And that is one of the aspects of what government should offer. Is supposed to bring to mankind. Supposed to bring protection and supposed to bring justice. And that's what God will bring. And that's what God is, is bringing. You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, just wait. It ain't over yet. Is when it is over, there will be protection and there will be justice. There is the great wide throne of judgment. There's a, nations will stand, but China will stand before him. Hello? The United States will stand before him. The nations will stand before him. Rulers will stand before him, kings, priests. You'll stand before him. Now, whether you stand before him having understood what child is this and having made a decision to receive him as your Lord and Savior, and you stand before a throne called the judgment, the judgment seat of the believer, this is, this is in Scripture now. Now, if you haven't made a decision to understand and receive what child is this, then you will stand before him. Him in judgment, there'll be no heaven for you. So I don't like that. I know, I don't like that either. So you should understand what child this is and receive him on this Christmas Eve. The government will be upon his shoulder, speaks of protection, speaks of justice. Everybody say, wonderful, wonderful. That speaks of joy. My mom said, we were living in Hana years ago. My mom played a key role in my discipleship in my very early years and then passed me on to some men of God, and, and uh, I'm still being discipled. How many of you are still being discipled? I'm 25 years later. I'm still growing, and you don't ever stop growing in God. You, you keep going after him. If you stop growing, you backslid. Don't stop growing. Come on, Paul, when he was in near to his death, he asked for the scrolls. Why would he do that? Because he's still learning. He's still growing. My mother said to me, son, never forget that joy is the flag that flies from the heart of the person who has Jesus enthroned. I don't know why I memorized it, but I did. She said it to me once, it made sense, and God has given me a gift of joy. He's wonderful. It speaks of joy. He's a, come on, he's a wonderful God. Say it. He's a one, he's not a, a, he's not a slave owner. He's not a, he's not a child abuser. Come on. God is a wonderful God. Wonderful speaks of joy. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Hey, hey. Almost got carried away for a second. Wonderful, speaks of joy. As a believer, as somebody who believes in Jesus, who's made a decision, what child is this? Joy will come forth from your life. Now, there's seasons of grief, but joy comes in the morning. Come on, somebody. Come on, God will bring you joy in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of pain, in the midst of obstacles. He will be wonderful. Come on, someone say, God, you are wonderful. Say it again, God, you are wonderful. Wonderful counselor speaks of wisdom. Come on, God has wisdom. James says there's two kinds of wisdom. When the wisdom that comes from heaven and wisdom that comes from the earth. 
Wisdom that comes from the earth is devilish, but wisdom that comes from heaven is peaceable. Come on, God wants to give you wisdom from heaven. I've seen people with the wisdom of the world. It makes perfect sense and logic, logical to your mind. And yet in the end, it brings forth death. God has a wisdom for you, for me. God has a wisdom. He's a revealer of his will. I'm so grateful that he reveals his will. Do you know, I can say to you with absolute assurance that I am in the perfect will of God. I know before the Lord, my conscience being cleansed, I am forgiven, I'm blood-bought, and I am on an assignment. I'm on a divine assignment from God. I know that I am. He is releasing wisdom to me, to us, as a church, as a people. He's, come on, he's a, he's a counselor. Come on, he's a lawyer in a courtroom. Come on, he's a, he's a doctor in the house. He's whatever you need. He will come and meet your need. He will help you. He will heal. I might preach in a second. I didn't preach in the first service, but I can't help myself right now. Wonderful counselor. Come on, somebody say, he's a wonderful. Come on, he's a wonderful. Yes, he is. Woo, he's a sun and shield. Man, I tell you something, no matter how smart you are, you might have more degrees than a thermometer. You still need the wisdom of God. You need God to talk to you. Some of you can't find your way out of a paper bag, me included. But when God speaks, he makes a way out of no way. He brings streams in the desert and he makes a wilderness a pool. He's a mighty God. Everybody say he's a mighty God. He's a mighty guy. Mighty God, mighty God. Yes, you are a mighty God. You are an awesome God. You are an awesome God. Awesome God, awesome God. Yes, you are an awesome God. Come on, someone say he's a mighty God. Yes, he is a mighty God, meaning that he has power. He's got power to change the likes of you. He could change that. Come on, he could change anything. I was going to say he could change that ugly face into a happy one. Come on, somebody. <laughs> he can change you. He can, he's changed me. How many of you have been changed by God? He's a mighty God. Come on, when God shows up, come on, dead, the devil's got to go. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Cancer has to bow. Disease has to bow. Impossibilities have to, why? Because he's a... He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. Mighty God, mighty God. Yes, you are a mighty. Woo. All right, settle down now. Mighty speaks of power to be transformed. Power to face every situation. I've faced some situations. You know, the... The saints of a bygone era used to call a time when you get to the very end of you. You get the end of, in other words, you don't have the money. Oh, you might have lots of money, but it's not going to fix the problem. You might have no money. The point is that there's no natural ability that you have to bring the breakthrough. So you don't have the money, you don't have the wisdom, you don't have the you don't know what to do, and you come to the very end of yourself, and if God doesn't come through for you, you're toast. You're finished. It's called the dark night of the soul. It's not talked about much, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't really trust people that haven't been through that. I don't, I, don't, I don't bet my life on somebody who hasn't been through the dark night of the soul 
because it comes to every single believer. And I tell people that are single that are looking to get married, make sure you don't marry somebody that hasn't been through that. Make sure you don't marry somebody that hasn't, hasn't had the wind of hell blow on their life and then stand up on the power and the fire and the demonstration of the Spirit of God to rebuke that thing, get out on the water, get to the other side. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about real faith, not just some, some, some you know, patty cake for Jesus, little cute little religious thing. Because when it all ends and you don't know which way to go and you don't know what to do, if God doesn't come through for you, those are the moments where you can know him as the mighty God. And if you haven't had that happen, your test is coming. Mighty God, mighty God, yes, you are a mighty God. This is coming out much differently than the first service. He's the everlasting father. Say it. He's the everlasting father. I can't hear you say it again. He's a yes, he is. And that speaks, that speaks of God being a, a, the everlasting father, being the one who brings right relationship and, and making us a part of his family. Makes us a part of his family. Now, I don't know what your father was like. I do know what mine was like. And I'm so grateful for my father. I'm so grateful that he gave me what he gave me. I'm so grateful what he taught me. But you know, I've known something, not just about my father, but about everybody. You can't give what you don't have. And if you don't have it to give, how can you actually expect to receive it from somebody? Does that make sense? It's like where a tree falls, says Ecclesiastes, that are at lives. You're like, well, my father, just he just wasn't. Well, he didn't have it, obviously. Maybe his daddy didn't give it to him. My mama, she just, well, maybe your mama didn't, maybe, maybe something was broken. See, here's the thing. You have to understand that your heavenly father, and a lot of people don't serve God because all you have to do is say father, and like, God, I don't want anything to do that because they're so bitter, they're so angry, they're so broken that their father, their dad abandoned them, or he wasn't that, he wasn't what they needed to be, or maybe he abused them or worse. Everlasting Father speaks of one who's sinless, one who's perfect, one whose love is second by none, this agape, unconditional love. I love what one of my pastors said to me this week. I, well, I had him share it with all the staff in a, in a staff meeting. He was struggling with the fact that he hasn't been as fruitful as he wants to be. And the enemy was lying to him, telling him he's, been, he's a loser. You're not doing anything, you're a loser. Has the enemy ever spoken to anybody like that? And while he was weeping, coming into a partial agreement, praying, the Lord spoke to him. And he gave him that text of Scripture where Jesus is being baptized by John the Baptist, and a voice comes from heaven and says, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Lord spoke to him and said, You're my Son. There is not one thing you can do about it. You can't earn it. You just are my son. And he had a revelation that just in being his, the, a son by adoption, by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, by being adopted into the family of God, of the everlasting father, the revelation is basically that brings security. Listen, Daniel, stand up. Face everybody. This good-looking lad, 18 years old, he's my boy. I'm going to keep standing. And he stands with confidence. I want to tell you why. Yeah, he knows God. 
That's my boy. You mess with him, you mess with me. Does everybody understand that? My daughter too, but I'm just telling you. There's, there's something that happens into a man. There's something that happens in a man. There's something that happens in a woman when you know that you are secure in God, the everlasting Father. Oh, I wish I could get through to you. I wish I could preach up in here. The everlasting Father heals you. He heals you. It's what your father should have been, but he didn't have it. It's what we need to be. It's a model. Everlasting Father speaks of becoming part of God's family, and the only way to do that, which I'll give an opportunity here in a moment, is by being born again. Come on, are you listening upstairs in the care service? Hallelujah. Prince of Peace speaks of being in right relationship with people. You know, when you don't have peace, it's a miserable life. Peace is... I think it's the most important thing to me. You know, without Jesus and you don't have peace, and even when you have him, you have to stay there. You have to learn to hold your peace. You have to learn to cultivate that. This text in Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, says he's a, he's a mighty God. He's a, the everlasting Father. He's a prince of peace. He'll bring peace to you. Peace is one of the ways that God leads us. The devil will try to drive you, but God will lead you. He'll lead you with peace. The devil will try to get you to make knee-jerk reactions to things and make everything an emergency and just hurry up. And you got to, no, you don't have to hurry up. Just relax. God's got you. Let, let him lead you. Peace. Come on, somebody say peace. peace. I got peace like a river. I got peace like a river. It's flowing through my veins. I got joy like a fountain. I got joy like a fountain. I got joy like a fountain. What child is this? What child is this? He's the Messiah. He's our Savior. He's wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The reign on his father David's throne and over his kingdom speaks of this meeting the great need for all of us to submit to his rulership. And that's a whole series. A lot of people believe in God, but they don't submit to him. A lot of people believe that Jesus came and was crucified and rose again and even made a decision to live for, receive him as their Lord and Savior, I should say. But then they don't live for him. They don't submit to his rulership. I preached recently about Herod, these wise men that come to worship Jesus. On a two-year trip, it takes them to get to Jerusalem. And when they get to Jerusalem after traveling for two years to worship for one moment, they see Herod, and Herod was a demonized king who had killed his son and killed his wife because he thought they were going to try to overthrow him. Anything that tried to take away his kingdom, he tried to kill. And he rejected Jesus, even though he heard, he's seen this phenomenon of these wise men and this entourage that would come. And the religious leaders are invited. You call the religious leaders, where's the Messiah to be born? And the religious leaders say, oh, Bethlehem. And he says to them, when you find him, bring me back word so I can worship him. But that's not what he's going to do. He kills all the children two years old and under genocide 
And we saw the grave. It's called the grave of the innocents. They found all the bones of babies two years old and under. There are people still today, they will not submit to the rulership of Jesus. They will not submit to the rulership of the kingdom. They're like Herod. They're afraid that he's going to change their life and make them do something that they don't want to do. And they, just, they don't yield. They don't submit to him. That's a painful life. He's either the Lord of all or he ain't, he ain't the Lord at all. Let's have a praise break because I know it's feeling uncomfortable in here right now. Let's go ahead. Oh, thank you. Come on, wish your neighbor Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Tell your other neighbor it's almost over. Hang in there. All right. And I don't even think I touched this last part in the first service. The zeal of the Lord speaks of God's desire to intervene. The zeal of the Lord, the passion of God. What is the passion of God? You, you, you being saved, you receiving the message and running with it. His kingdom being released in the earth. The lost are his passion. He leaves the 99 to save the one. So many have 99-itis. They're not willing to leave the 99 and go after the one. The reason we do is all of these candlelight communion services is we're trying to reach people. And it's a beautiful time as a church family. But as my, as my musicians come, would you bow your head for a moment and then we'll begin to receive communion. What child is this? You answer that question. What child is this? Are you... Have you made a decision on this Christmas Eve? I'm going to ask you to. Have you made a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, as your Messiah? It's easy to see Jesus in a little manger and then share some gifts and wrapping paper. I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but I have. You go through Christmas and all the gifts are done. All the paper's gone. You know, you look at the tree and you're like, even if you got everything you wanted, it's just sort of like, I've had it where well, something's missing. That's before I knew the Lord. I don't really need anything now. I don't have, I don't have to have any gifts under the tree. I do have some though, right? You know, representative of the greatest gift, of course. We can get so materialistic. The greatest gift is Jesus. Nobody can give him to you. You must receive him. It's offered before you. It's a gift that's offered. If there was a gift that's being offered, you have to reach out and, and receive it. You have to take it. He took it from me. If you, if you don't reach out and take it. Listen, not everybody's going to heaven. You have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. Won't you do it tonight? Won't you do it tonight? Won't you? What child is this? What child is this? It's God's way of providing for you to be forgiven, to be set free, to be delivered. At the end of the first service, people were leaving, were having hot cocoa and cookies and crumpets and there was all that festive joy in the house after our five o'clock 
And I had three young men come up to me. Had to be, I don't know, 17, maybe 18. I don't know, maybe older. They were really nervous. I don't recall ever meeting them before. They stopped me right here. And they said, you know, uh, yeah, we just, uh, you know, we came. Uh, um, uh, we just wanted to talk to you. And I'm thinking, any minute he's going to ask me for money or something. I don't, I don't like, I'm trying to discern what's happening. And he's telling me this whole story, and I, I just said, like, I don't really believe what you're telling me right now. I just told him. He said, um, okay. I said, okay, what are you here for? He said, I have a friend and somebody that used to come to this church. I said, who? They told me the name and I knew the name. They said, they told us to come and that we should see you. I said, oh, okay. So, and he, and he turns and he waves like this to the congregation, somebody, I guess. And so I'm waiting. And this girl appears who looks vaguely familiar. 80 pounds, maybe. And as soon as I saw her, I just said, oh, sweetheart, come here, come here, come here. She's so broken, so hurting. She fell into my arms and I began to pray. She began to weep. I began to weep. Somebody used to go to this church eight years ago. No, I know I can discern the, listen, if you're still here, I'm glad you are. Just being real. So somebody in the last stages of, of drug addiction. I've seen it, I know. She's weeping, I prayed for her. I broke the power of the enemy off of her. She fell down weeping and crying. We led her to Jesus right here just an hour and a half ago. Listen, we're not here, we're not here to put on a show. We're here to set the captives free. We're here because He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the great I Am. He's got the answer for you and me. He's all, He's able to do it. He's able to do it. He's able to set the captives free and, and deliver you and me. And He comes, that's what Christmas is all about. It's not about some stupid religious thing where we give gifts and the main point is, you're dying and headed to hell without a Savior. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. I can look and see plainly those here tonight. You're not even remotely as bad off as that precious girl was. And we're going to help her. At least I can't see that with my natural eye. You need Jesus. What child is this? It's the answer to all of your problems. Mary was pregnant with more than just a child. She was pregnant with your salvation and mine. Mary was pregnant with Bartimaeus' eyes. Mary was pregnant with the healing power for the leper he was pregnant with the miracle that would raise Jairus' daughter from the dead he was pregnant with the miracle of the widow of Nain when she raised it up Mary was pregnant with more than just a little child that we put in a little manger scene she was pregnant with the Messiah who would grow up born in a manger 
You know what mangers are filled with? It's a stall. My first job, I mucked them with a pitchfork. It's full of road apples. You know what that is? The lowest of low. Tonight, tonight, if you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I implore you. I plead as God's ambassador before you. I plead with you to be reconciled to God. You are separated from God because of sin. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God, intercessors praying, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Have you ever lied? Yes, you have. You ever stolen? Yes. Cheated? Yes. Lusted? You know it's true. All of us have fallen short. Now, you can't make yourself righteous by doing the right things. The Ten Commandments show us you can't earn it. And if you could earn it, then Jesus never had to come. You need a Savior, not a rule book. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You've never done it before. You say, well, I can't remember. Then you probably didn't. Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Number two, you want to recommit want to recommit your life to the Lord, or number three, you just want to be assured of your salvation all across this place, those online, those upstairs, you say, that's me. On, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. You're serious. You want to get right with God. You want to be forgiven of your sin. You want heaven to be your home. You're making a decision. What child is this? You're saying, he's my savior. I want to make him my savior. I want to make him my Lord. I want to be forgiven. I want to be healed. If that's you on the count of three, you fit in any of those categories. Giving your heart to Jesus first time. Number two, making a recommitment. Number three, you just want to be sure. You're not sure, and you want to be sure. If that's you, count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, do it now. Three, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. On this left side of the church, all the way in the back, I see that hand. Thank you for your honesty. On the right-hand side right here, come on, lift your hand high. You want to be included in spirit. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I see that hand, God bless you. I see that hand, God bless you, son. And praise God, all the way over, right along the wall. God bless you, raise your hand high, unashamed. He's not ashamed of you. Don't be ashamed of him. God bless you. All right, stand up on your feet all across this place. And pray this prayer, whether you raised your hand or not, pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin." And come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Ushers, would you come with communion while I pray? Father, I pray for these. Holy Spirit, that you would fill and touch. Break every chain, every bondage. We've made a decision. Many here have online and upstairs. On 1610 AM, we've made a decision. What child is this? It's the Savior. It's not the Savior. It's my Savior. Come on, someone say, He's my Savior. He's my Savior. And I'm going to live for Him all the days of my life. Won't you say that? I'm going to live for Him all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, fill in touch right now. In Jesus' name. We're going to worship. We're going to serve communion and commence with the candle lighting. So glad you come tonight. Come on, let's worship God. Sing, oh, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, 
grape juice so we don't exclude former alcoholics and it has a wafer which is just that like a piece of pressed bread I do think it's gluten free I, I think I saw that but they're, they're symbols they're powerful symbols it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 the apostle Paul and I know people are still being served so we'll, we'll wait before until everybody's served ushers you wave at me or something Serving upstairs too, I pray. The Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 11. He said that the church there in Corinth didn't understand and receive the communion in a worthy way. And he explained to them, he says, that's why some of you have fallen asleep, which to understand what sleep is, it's death. He's not saying you took a nap. He's saying some are sick, and have died early because they did not discern the body and the blood of the Lord. So this thing that we're doing right now, you're like, Pastor, you should have told me that before I got this prepackaged meal thing that could kill me. Yes, I probably should. But it's not too late. He said, well, I'm, I'm not been living right, and I didn't pray that prayer, and I'm just here because my family brought me. Okay, well, I'm glad you're here, but you could repent right now. But what if I'm just going to go back? Why don't you try not to go back and just receive Jesus and repent? Why don't you just repent? Ask God to forgive you. So right now, all across this place, those online, online, I encouraged you earlier today, get yourself some Wonder Bread or Seven Grain Bread or Ritz Cracker or, or a little goldfish or get something. And you could use water, grape juice. You could use whatever you want. Orange juice. You could take communion right at home. It's legal and you should do it. Amen. Just do it in a worthy manner. So worthy manner is to, to make sure as we do this that our hearts are right and we receive it. And we declare, he said, as you do this, Jesus said, as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So what are we remembering? We're remembering that he was crucified. 
and rose again, we remember that, for our sins and for our freedom. And we're remembering that by his stripes, we're healed. Come on, somebody say, by his stripes, we are, we are healed. And the third thing that we remember is that he's coming back. Everybody say he's coming back. It's called the imminent return of Christ, which we are certainly closer than when we first believed. So let's go ahead, as everybody's been now served, let's go ahead and, and receive this. Father, thank you. We repent for wrong thoughts, attitudes, motives. And on the night that you were betrayed, you took the bread and you broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. In likewise manner, you took the cup of the new covenant, you said, your blood, which is shed for us. And as often as we do this, to do this in remembrance of you. So God, we remember your death, your resurrection, your forgiveness and life that you've imparted to us, resurrection power. And we remember that it's by your stripes we're healed. And we remember you are coming back for your spotless bride. That's us. And we say yes and amen and Maranatha, God. Amen. Won't you eat and drink together? you had passed your remnants to the center aisle, they'll come and collect that from you. And as they're doing that, we are going to commence our candle lighting, and here's how this will work. Pastor Karen and I will light our candles from the candelabra here. Uh, please be mindful of the wax, and, and uh, don't burn the chairs or anything like that, okay? And uh, we will go ahead and light our candles and we will pass it on to those here in the front and it'll spread. It's a picture here, listen to this. It's a picture of the light of the gospel going from one person, one by one by one by one, people hearing the good news of Jesus. We're gonna change this state, we're gonna change this nation. Can you say amen? We're gonna change the nations of the world until he comes. Somebody say hallelujah.
Christmas, everybody. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he lift up his countenance towards you and be gracious to you. And may he give you peace. What child is this? His name is Jesus. Merry Christmas to you each and every one. Have a beautiful holiday with your family. We love you so much. We'll hope to see you on the weekend. God is great. He's on the throne. He's a wonderful God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Oh, He's mighty to save. Lord, we love you. Happy birthday, Jesus. <laughs> Would you be please uh, careful with your wax candles and uh, don't burn your neighbor like my brother did in Catholic Church so many years ago. <laughs> Have a beautiful holiday. You're deeply loved here by all of the church family at Kings. Merry Christmas again, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.